Food and Beverage Magazine Live, bringing food and beverage to life with your hosts, James Beard Award winner Jennifer English and Food and Beverage Magazine publisher Michael Politz. Featuring leaders in the hospitality, branded food and beverage, and CPG industries, many of whom are Jennifer and Michael's friends in the business. For an informal and informative conversation where friends in the business share the latest intel, ideas, and best practices. Live, juicy inside scoop from the tastemakers, newsmakers, bread bakers, drink shakers, spoon lickers, clam diggers, farms, foodies, and friends of the food and beverage magazine world. Here are your hosts, Jennifer English and Michael Politz. I've missed you. I'm pretending that I'm stuck. <laughs> you, know, you know how when you get stuck and, and then people have the funny, like, it's always the worst face. It's never like Zoolander. When you're buffering. How come that never happens to the amazing Tony Robbins? You know, I've invited Tony Robbins to come on the show. Well, because I have Tony Robbins. About... I can talk like this. It's not a problem. You look great, Jennifer. You just got to use yourself. Be who you are. And everything's going to be fine. Right. Follow like I'm totally, I'm totally inspired by Tony Robbins and his positivity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our mission is, mm -hmm. as we look forward, don't look back, look forward. How are we all going to go forward in our industry, the hospitality industry. And we think that we are here to serve our industry, okay. to inspire wait, them. Wait. wait. What? That's how we're going to go forward. That's going forward. The guide to restaurant success. I mean, any restaurateur, anybody in hospitality needs that book. Who wrote that book? My esteemed co-host and colleague, Michael Pulitz. Have you met oh, him? He's very moody lately, I heard. Moody Judy. Moody, moody Judy. He he just he just spent time at the beach. He should be in yeah. a great place. Hey, a listen, lot of moving around a lot of parts to that. A lot of luggage but, lifting. A lot of sand in your toes. Yeah, talk to me and talk to the audience about when you get a week at the beach. How have you been able to crystallize our mission about what we're doing to try and prepare people to go forward in the hospitality industry? I don't. I just ignore our mission and I just enjoy myself. Why should I be doing? Is there something I should be doing? No, it's a serious question, though. Even I do when I go to restaurants and say, here's my card. That Those French fries were soggy, and then they lose their mind. Yeah. What do you mean? You look – I I'm like I went away for a week or whatever. Went to, I had – you know, I went and had a beautiful um, a little birthday dinner with my, one of my best friends in Pelican Hill, fancy resort. And the food was subpar. And the, the dinner was good, but the food at the resort was horrendous. The, uh, the service at the resort was – I've had better service at Walmart. I actually wrote it on Yelp. Um, I went in and asked for a coffee and they didn't even know what Breve was. I couldn't, and this is a five-star resort. I was disgusted by it, right? Um, and then I, I they, all the food came out packaged. I mean, it was packaged there, but it was still, you know what I mean? It just, presentation sucked and it was very limited. If you ordered uh, an egg burrito from the little coffee shop, it's the same one you got from the room service. I mean, it was horrible. And, uh, I just wasn't happy with it. And that's uh, that was interesting, right? So I noticed that's a flaw. But flaws like that, when you charge $600 a night for a room, eventually catch up with you. Then I went down to Laguna Beach. Are you familiar with the Laguna Beach area? Very posh. I, I'm, I'm familiar with its poshness, but it's too posh for me. 
nothing's too hush for you. You're all granolas, just like you. You can wear your Birkenstocks and not shave your armpits. It's perfect for you. And uh, there's a place there, my favorite place. It's called the Orange Inn. Beautiful little place. It's across from a Ralph's. It's like a dumpy old building. You wouldn't even know it. Lines around the corner. And they've done better during the pandemic than they did normally. And I'll tell you why, because you get an abundance. They overabundance you, right? If you get an egg burrito, it's like this. And you, with chips and with this. And if you get a muffin, it's like this. And they give you an extra one because they like you. And it's all this great stuff, and it makes the difference. And now they're doing better than everybody else. Because I'm noticing you go to the, the, this fancy place, and they're limiting what you get, and they're cutting, watching all their costs, and you can see how bad it was, right? Yeah. Completely different. Right. So what's going to what's what's the outcome going to be? Right. I'm going to say the orange is going to win. Now, now they have huge room rates at the other place and they have huge bulking fees and all that. And it's very poshy. Um, so I'm sure they're going to be fine. But it's a bad example to set for the industry. One of the one of the principles that has come clear to all of us, and, and, and it's a very Tony Robbins kind of thing is you have to deliver more value yes. in what you do. And I think this time has essentially made everyone in every business say, I will only survive if I deliver actual value, real value, and then increased value. I have to give better customer service. I have to give a better experience to my guests. I have Everything's got to be better and more valuable. I, in other words, have to become, what's my other word besides conviviality? That's my favorite word, Michael. Conviviality is one and irresistible is the other. Well, it has to be more than irresistible. It has to be, you have to walk out and feel like, wow, I got a great food, a great deal on this. Because it's so, it's so, everybody's looking about that. It's not the same money, but it's just value, right? Um, you know, if I have to sell advertising for the food and beverage magazine, right? Right. And... I'm always doing added value. What more can we give you? You could buy a page, buy some banners, you can do this great stuff. But you know what? What can I add to that to make your run with us more successful, right? And it's no different than a restaurant. What can we give to you to make your dinner and working with us more successful so you come back? Now, someone like yourself, I wouldn't want coming back because I could tell already that you would be a little bit picky. And I don't like picky diners. <laughs> That was really unfair because I do the same thing you do. I go in trying to help every operator because they're doing the harder job than I have. But it comes across as picky. I get it. I know how no, you No, no, no. Picky, with, picky. With that northeastern haircut. In all, in all fairness, in all fairness, mm -hmm. I'm going to stick up for myself on this one. Usually I let you mow right over me. Mm. But, you know, I am a professional judge. I go to national food competitions as a judge because I've got a, I've got a palate. The same way somebody. Well, you also has. have one. You also have one of these. Yeah, but they didn't give that to me because I have good taste. Or good looks. Clearly. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. That one of the rude. things that became misogynistic. I am. Uh, one of the things that's really important for people to understand is that some people complain because that's their personality, or some people complain because they feel that that just wasn't a good experience but some of us if we if we experience something and we think that if we tell you about it we can help you fix what we think is fixable mm -hmm. from a perspective of experience and we're really generously trying to help that's a very different uh dynamic than being picky right you know what that's called 
I'm afraid to ask. Don't ever be afraid. I don't, right, yeah, no, I don't, I don't know what you're, what you're alluding to. What is it it's called? called? It's called free advice. Yeah. It's called free advice. And, and I don't know how many, most people don't like free advice. That's why I charge for everything I do. So you're on the talk right now, lady. And what is it that you would like to talk about? What I would this? like to talk about. What, what about this? What about the latest issue of Food latest, Magazine? I love this cover this month. This is what we needed. Tell you everybody did? about what this represents and why this is the cover. I don't know. I didn't read it. But you can <laughs> at fbmagazine.com. No, it's first of all, Sugar Factory has been a sensation. It's, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's in every every major city. Yeah. Uh, my friend and his wife started it. It's truly a sensation. Now they're coming up with something that can really work in the pandemic environment, right? Instead of having people come into your, it's express stuff. So they're having some really cool things. They have like different colored burgers, like really crazy stuff, like pink buns, right? Like who doesn't like pink buns? Thanks, like, Trisha. Do you know Trisha Kent? No, I'm just commenting because that's oh. a great comment. I just it, saw it. It is a great listen. cover. Let me tell you something weird. Let me tell you something weird about Trisha Kent. I literally was looking at a friend's um, mutual friends, right? And it's somebody that would never know. And somehow Trisha Kent was a mutual friend of that person. And I'm like, how is Trisha Kent a mutual friend of that person? It's weird, isn't it? How things work. Listen, today is kicking off a week for of of, of, of extraordinary shows. And we're going to finish the week with a bang with one of the all-time great restaurateurs and creative chefs and operators, uh, David Burke, Chef David also, Burke. All week you, long. You mean, do you mean the same David Burke that endorsed my book as you did? Yes. And as Chef Gordon did and as food guy, Jonathan Chedman? Yes. Yes. That's exciting. Oh, my God. Look at our backstage is loading up. Our backstage is loading up. Today is an important show because we have to go someplace. What was that English you just spoke? It, it's yeah. just not enough to say you've got to be um, adaptive. You've got to survive. It's survival of the fittest. It's not only survival of the strongest or the smartest or the richest. It's survival of those who are most nimble and, and willing to grow and listen and flex and do all the things to be adaptive to this moment in time in business. And as our horizon has gone from six weeks to potentially six months, I know a lot of people are already, quote unquote, throwing the year away. Like that we don't think that we're going to be back to normal, whatever that was. So today we're talking to friends in the business who have done some really adaptive, inventive, inspiring things to show us that you can take whatever your business is and adapt it to this time. And using some of the techniques and some of the practices that our guests today have done, maybe you'll be inspired. Because I know one of the things, Mike, that, that we have been really critically um, inspired to do is help people re-spark. I love that. You know what I'm thinking? In the first place. We make your business our business. Does that sound bad? Is that like a little no, philosophy? I, I we make your business that. our business. So let's get a quick commercial break, then we'll run into our first uh, first guest. You're gonna love her. You're gonna love the commercial break. Okay. That That is true. Whether you are thinking about becoming a restaurateur or you are already in the business, Michael Politz has written a must read, The Food and Beverage Magazine's Guide to Restaurant Success. 
Pick up your copy today at Barnes and Noble, Amazon, Books a Million, or wherever fine books are sold. Well, look at there. Look how that works. We leave, the guest comes on. Look at there. Go ahead, Jennifer. Let's see you interview the lovely Jesse. All right. Well, we're going to take a page out of the playbook that is happening right now, but we're going to dial it back a little while. You know, the terms that we use to describe one of my favorite things is conviviality. And conviviality is when people come together to share a meal or an experience in a place, in a community. Mm-hmm. That act of it, 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 conviviality happens through what can only best be described as engagement. How do I engage you as a listener? How do I engage you, Michael, as a colleague? How do I I engage all of you to be here with us with this spirit of conviviality and joy so that the relationship of being together enhances our very being? That, in a a nutshell, is where we're going to start today. And in the first interview with the CEO of Lux Giving, the one and only Jesse Gary, who's here calling in from her headquarters of conviviality. Uh, we welcome her to the show and ask her, how are you? I am fantastic. Thank you for such a wonderful introduction. And I think it's a perfect word um, to describe what we're going to be conversing about and is really the core of what Lux Giving is about and, and our human desire to connect. Like we're not intended to just be by ourselves. And there's something special about moments where we can actually um, be in a space with someone, be it physically or virtually, to be heard. Because that's what we ultimately are desiring, to be heard, to be loved, and to be filled. What is the net profit in personal terms of that? Is it respect? Is it? connection? Is it conviviality? Why do we do these things? Why do we want to be together? What do we as human beings, psychologically, emotionally, what do we get out of it? What do you, what do you know? What have you learned about making people come together and be happy about it? I found that everyone ultimately wants to feel connected to someone. And that's how Lux Giving started. I actually have went to school for hospitality didn't know what that looked like because I wanted to start a business. And just going through life lessons, I did a fundraising event and there was a lady and we just sat down and just talked for two hours. And at the end of the conversation, she was like, you know what? It was just so great to sit down and get to know someone because we are going day by day, just passing people and never being seen or being acknowledged. And I think that ultimately that's what we're looking for. And we're looking for people to see us and and be in our world for a second. Like humanity, our humanity is like the key part of everything that we do. Will you talk a little bit about Lux Giving? I want to talk about it because the language you've, you've chosen to describe your business, which is, um, engagement solutions for the real estate industry is a very broad sounding, almost corporate sounding thing that I know from what I've learned about you is almost the complete opposite of what actually happens. But I want to talk about what you do. 
would I describe it as an event business? Do I describe it as a meeting and convention business? What is it that, that Lux Giving does? So the core of what we do is offer lifestyle engagement activities for apartments. In most metropolitan cities, we see a large amount of buildings being thrown up. There's not a shortage of housing. Um, but, but the thing is, is they're all are nice. They're all are new. But what's going to keep someone in the space? What's going to cause someone to not just renew, um, to renew or to just move to the next place because they have a special offer out? So what we try to do is to support apartments so that people get to know their neighbors, feel as if they're appreciated, feel as if they're loved by people so that they feel like they're a part of something, because that's ultimately what we're looking to do as humans is just to be a part of something, not necessarily to be um, secluded. Can you give us us an example of the activities you create to do this? Sure. We do everything from cooking classes, jazz nights, paint and sips. Um, We've even had um, social happy hours where we might have someone come in and do massages. Um, Even right now with doing virtual, we've even started to explore like how to do pet care or how to take care, like to do home, um, home services as well. So usually what I try to do every month is think of what would be an idea for a theme during this time in the month or for this specific season, because I don't want to do something that's going to be, well, before COVID, I wouldn't want to do something that's going to have people inside per se during July because people want to be outside. So I would think of how can I get a chef to come in and do a grilling class? because that's probably one of the items that gets broken the most in social <laughs> social centers because people don't know how to use the fancier grills. So like those are the type of ideas that we try to do for the apartment. Your business is coming into, into, into focus for us. And immediately as we see that come together piece, we're immediately thinking of this moment in time in COVID and saying, wait, you're in the high touch business during a no-touch time. How did you make adjustments to continue to do what you do, given the parameters of the COVID? And that was really one of the um, moments where I had to even be honest with myself because I didn't realize how much of a focus we were on high touch. So then I actually had to start figuring out a way to still create a community with us being virtual. So I do all of our events through Zoom. And you actually be very surprised, even with our cooking classes that we've been doing, some of the chefs, um, well, not the chefs, but some of the tenants have blown me away with their abilities to just go through the steps with us. We even did um, last week a peach galette and like an almond and peach galette. And it turned out amazing. Like they were tagging us in photos and I would have sworn that a professional chef did it. And they're so proud of themselves because beforehand they wouldn't have been able to do it. So we've seen it where singles have done it. And then you'll have married couples that are cooking along together, which before they've probably been too busy to do that kind of stuff together. Now, now this is during the time of pandemic, but during the regular time you have events with people to get right. Yes. So, mm-hmm. so, so one of my partners in one of my many businesses that I own, right, Jennifer, one of the many is the Proof Awards. And the Proof Awards is, is sponsored by Food and Beverage Magazine and Delta, Delta Air, Sky Air Clubs, right? Sky Clubs. And my partner, Michelle, has a liquor, I guess a catering company for, for Boozy Booze, whatever. 
and they do this they go to the they go to shopping i mean uh, apartment houses and they have vents and they're always bringing people in so this may be something that they could do um zoomy wise too virtually like a tasting right with yep. proof of words tasting well michael you know that last week we had a cooking session with the friends from truffle shuffle oh truffle shuffle more, sf we got more comments on that and i have to say I loved the experience of cooking while they were cooking. And in some ways it was actually different, but as much or more fun than, you know, me cooking over here and you cooking over there. I mean, I really felt like we were cooking together. You did? There's a lot to be said. Jesse, what are some of the experiences that you're getting happening now that you think might stay as part of your permanent participation portfolio, even if, things change after the COVID goes away? I honestly will keep doing some of the virtual. We have some properties that are easing into doing maybe, maybe some social distance type of events, but a, a good amount of smaller communities don't actually have common spaces outside of the lobby. And before we would have communities that wanted to do something and all they had was a lobby. And I'm like, it's kind of hard to create an environment when your lobby is like a subway station <laughs> in the evening. <laughs> um, but then also what we found that a lot of the liabilities that we normally would have to worry about, like I would not normally want to do a cooking class in a club room because I wouldn't necessarily feel comfortable with people doing knives and fire and things of that nature um, in a space where I would be responsible for them. So at least if they're doing it in their in their house, they're it's responsible. Their knife and yeah, yeah. So um, I've actually been encouraging more communities to take advantage of it doing a virtual space because the liabilities that we would be responsible for um, if we were face to face, we don't have to always worry about when it's on a virtual standpoint. Um, but I will pretty much be keeping a lot of the virtual stuff, even once we can do things face to face, because you do have. Um, pretty much like management companies that have like duplexes where they still are trying to offer nicer events, but they just don't have the common space. And they've been looking for a way to still create community and upsell like the lifestyle that you're supposed to get by living in that, that specific building. What does the cost end up being for people? You know, is it by the participant? Is it, is it the way we think of things like when we are doing meetings and conventions, we might say, well, I have, you know, $24 a head for the dinner at the closing party, or I have, you know, $12.50 for a, a box lunch. Do you think of it in those terms or do you just do it in a big experience terms for people? It really depends on the community because everyone's budget is different. And even if someone's spending $5,000 to live at their apartment, the biggest misperception that people may have is that that's going towards their events. That is not how much ever someone pays for their rent does not actually affect if they're ever going to do events. That's part of the marketing as well as what the investors feel like they're going to add value to the, the their lifestyle that they're providing. Back to, back to added value, Jennifer. Do you see how that works? Back it's to added, added value. They're like, oh, yeah. I have events. I have events at this place, and we're gonna we're gonna live here because of the events. And, and, and we've got to we've got to talk uh, quickly before we run out of time with Jesse. We're out of time. It's funny you said that because we are actually out of time with Jesse. I know. Nathan wants to come on. He's bored. You, he can come on in one second because our next guest is. We're all. You're going to love how we theme these things. 
But Michael, you didn't say anything about my uh, blouse today. And I oh, wore it very specifically for Jesse because she, like you, is a CEO of multiple companies. Jesse, talk a little bit about your other role as a CEO. Yeah, so um, I've always had people asking about the, pers the private events that we've done for apartments and people wanting to come, but they're only for the residents that live at those buildings. So I decided to do Green Eye Ambition, which is a platform for my personal brand that I've been doing, where we're also being able to create lifestyle events for the public. So while everything is adjusting within the real estate market, I've been able to use some of the skills that I've acquired through um, Lux Giving to start offering the same thing for the um, public sector. So like this week, we're doing a wine tasting and then I have a chef that's going to be teaching people how to cook the CBD because that is becoming popular as well. Can it gives me the runs. I'm not going to lie, gentlemen. The CBD makes me go to the bathroom. It's like a potty time. I don't know why. I, I take it and it's a potty time. See, Isn't and for weird? me, I think it's the brave new future because I have an autoimmune condition that could be helped by this. I actually have CBD chocolates that Marley, Rohan Marley sent me for his Marley coffee brand. Oh, those and, are and I, Well, I eat it when I need to go to the duties. You know what I'm saying? I take what? it and then I go potty. What do you want to tell you? Jesse, we want to keep an eye on you. We love what you're doing. Can, will you send us a link and we're gonna we're gonna sit in on your cooking class with your chef and your CBD and we're gonna have you come back another time and tell us about the exciting things you're doing because we want you to continue to inspire us. You're doing exactly the kind of things that our industry needs to hear about. You're in there and you are being really highly adaptive. And it's okay, okay, you're gushing. You're gushing right now. Enough of the gushing. It's bizarre. I gush. Jesse, how many people come to your Zoom stuff? What are your what are your uh how many people usually pop in and that stuff? Well, it depends. So like we did a cooking class where we had 12 couples cooking with us last week. They did oh, a wow. flank steak and chimchurri sauce with a Mexican street corn um, sauce on the side. Yeah. Did I ask what she did? You guys are really, you're, everyone's so gushy around here. I just want to know how many people. And that's just probably about the chimichurri sauce and the corn. And I oh, want to really? know if she got her glasses because that's All right, leave her alone. Jessie, it's my turn for me. I need Jessie. style tips, Michael. I need style tips. We'll do some live tasting, some whiskey or vodka or tequila or whatever tastings with the proof of ones. We'll work on that together. No, we've got to do that. Yeah. Oh, good idea, Jennifer. So, Jennifer, who's up next? Is Jesse leaving us or staying with us? What, what do we have up next? Jesse, you're welcome to stick around. I want to introduce you all before you do go away. You're, you're welcome to stay. And if you're super busy and you need to leave, you can. But we'd love you to stick around. But our yeah. next guest. What if I'm super busy and need to leave? You can, you can do it. I know. You just had one of those chocolates. You've probably got to go make a visit. I get that. Yeah. Oh, a visit. That's so classy. I like the way you say that. A visit to the water. visit to the water. So, you know, our next guest, you know him from Las Vegas. I do. One of the most exciting and successful, dynamic, young food and restaurant operators in the country. He Nathan is. Harris is a proprietor of multiple outlets who is taking this moment in time with grace and creativity and generosity and is highly adaptive. And he's here today to talk about what it takes to continue to survive using the word, which is our theme of the day, adaptive. 
Adaptation is what's going to separate us. And if you want to survive, the fact is you have to deliver more value. You have to enhance your guest's experience. You have to do all of this for your customer or your guest. And you've got to do it in a way that makes an irresistible value proposition for them. Jennifer, and his team yeah, do that. Jennifer, everybody just fell asleep. But <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. You never said adaptive was the, was the word of the day. Yes, it is. Oh, well, now you tell me. I wish I knew. I would get a buzzer. So, uh, Nathan Aris joins us now from uh, Prep and Pastry, from August Rose, from Commoner and Company, and he joins us from his Temple of Adaptation. Come up today. Nathan, where are you? What city are you? Uh, I'm actually uh, I'm visiting the family up in Oregon right now. Arizona's a, a little bit of a mess right now, so I uh, I came up here uh, to say hi to the family, and I'm I'm working remotely from up here for the next week. You're adapting because this is the I'm adapting. The yeah, yeah. You know that 110 uh, uh, degree weather down in uh, Tucson didn't sound too nice, so I drove up here. <laughs> so I'm hanging out. I'm going to copy something that Jesse said. I, I really need a. I need you to follow me around, Jennifer, and introduce me all the time. I mean, be like my personal little hype, hype woman around town. I love it. She does it to me. It's very, very embarrassing if you're standing there. <laughs> well deserved uh, for all of you, and that's what that's what proud mothers do. Like, look at my friends. Look at my kids. You guys are amazing. Let's stop for a second um, and use the word adaptation. Um, in a sentence about how important adaptation as a concept and operating principle has been for you, Nathan, uh, Nate, in, in, in the last three or four months, six months. Because I have to point out to people before you answer the question that prior to COVID, you were a very um, adaptation-oriented person, growth-oriented, future-thinking person. You were inventive and inventing uh, already, inspired and inspiring. Um, but but in the last few months, you've had to have a closer operating relationship with adaptation. Will you use that in a sentence about what you've been up to? You know, uh, just we've really had to uh, adapt with the the market. Um, you you gotta you gotta take what's thrown at you right now. Um, you know, and uh, uh, to kind of play on that, uh, as you know, one of my uh, restaurants, Prep and Pastry, which is I guess you can say like the uh, the trendy higher end brunch breakfast, uh, uh, local, uh, breakfast house in town. Um, it's the, it was, it's the dominant brunch market restaurant in, in your market. Um, and, and it, and it clearly dominates and it does so with style. Um, you're very forward thinking and inventive and it really, it does a lot of things. Um, so I don't want to make it sound like you're just an old fashioned, um, <laughs> well, I, I appreciate it. No, you know, but you know, our service standards, we, we really brought the, uh, uh, you know, the nighttime, I guess you can say the nighttime service standards to the, to the brunch, uh, world, uh, here in Arizona. And, um, with that saying, you know, uh, two minute, two minute checkbacks, uh, you know, going over the top, if someone wants something, bottles of champagne, uh, mimosas and not doing like the 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 limited list you know mimosa you know brunches or anything like that um really uh craft the cocktails um uh over the top and you know again not none of the cheesiness of uh you know having a a donut on top of a a kalua 
uh, cocktail, you know, things like that. We, uh, we make all of our cordials in the house with teas. We, uh, we, uh, we smoke our own bacon, uh, things like that. So, you know, what we had to adapt with these times, you know, speaking of the adapting, um, we were moving prep and pastry, which is known for its service standards to fast casual. So where you, you'll walk up, receive, you know, order, uh, your food at a, uh, that what used to be the hostess stand, um, and, uh, get a number and go sit down, uh, and, uh, you know, a food runner will bring out your food. We're, we're elevating the style of fast casual with someone floating the floor, uh, checking on the guests. Um, but you know, it, right now you, you don't know, we're used to doing, you know, it's, say 700 people on a Saturday. And now all of a sudden numbers spike with COVID, uh, 19, uh, here in, uh, Arizona. And, uh, that then that the news gets released of the new numbers and we only do 200 to 300 people that day. So it's this roller coaster. And, uh, you know, we kind of just looked at the, looked at the long play, you know, we, we don't want to, we don't want we're not looking to be that, that rowdy brunch spot right now. We're looking just to, uh, break even and, you know, uh, survive until, you know, really November, December until people can sit outside and we can actually start expanding our patios out front. Um, and yeah, really, if, if I'm going to kind of use that adaptation, uh, word, that's, that's what we're doing. We're adapting. You just roll with the punches uh, can right you now. Take us, can you take us into the mind of the CEO that you are, the operator that you are, where you've got your core brand that is built on a, a really solid core brand principle of service or experience. And as an operator, knowing that you have to make an adaptive shift away from that thing that's your brand. Talk a little bit about the decisions you were weighing and saying, do we do we leave where our brand has been hugely successful and go someplace else? Or do we take our brand with us to do that? Or how do we how do we make this adaptation while still staying true to those things that people do expect of us and our brand? Yeah, yeah, and that's a really good question. Um the the first thing when I sat down, uh, um, uh, as you know, I'm always running around my shops. Uh, it's hard for me to sit in an office, <laughs> which, you know, being up here, I'm getting a lot more done. Um, uh, it, I talked with a lot of my team members that have been with me for uh, a very long time. I'm not just talking about managers. I'm talking about like servers that have been with us for five years, you know, seven years. Um, and, you know, kind of seeing how they were feeling about things with the numbers uh, so first and foremost, we we really looked at you know how can we keep operating, not re let the staff members go because the unemployment benefits are running out, but we can still keep our core group there, still get them uh, tips and a uh, uh, cash flow going since we brought them back, um, and uh, uh, that was the first and foremost thing. You know uh, the staffs uh, uh, just their health and uh, limiting their contact. I guess is what I'm trying right. to say. Uh, past all that, yeah, you know, past all that, it, it really just broke down to the the numbers. You know, we we always want to run under thirty percent labor, uh, and uh, you know, our management labor. Uh, I didn't want to let go of managers or you know have them take pay cuts. Um, you know, because times are hard. You know, I just don't want to decrease that. Uh, I, I feel like that kind of shows how you're going to you know when times get tough. You know, how you're going to really treat them. So I kept all their pay at the same. So their their percentage. Uh, automatically goes up, you know, to 14% opposed to the 8% we're normally running because of our lack of sales. And I said, you know, how can I skin that back and, you know, make that up because my labor is still running 20, 
20% for uh, front of the house, back of the house and pastry. Um, and really uh, the fast casual let me trim the front of the house down uh, quite a bit. You know, I, I'm estimating about five, five points or so. So now, you know, just kind of thinking right off the top of my head with not having the numbers in front of me, um, it brings me down to that 19 and a half, 20%. Uh, uh, well, actually uh, 30%, I'm sorry, total in-house, but you know, that that front of the house, back of the house pastry will be at it like a 15 and a half, uh, maybe 15 point, opposed to, you know, the 20 some odd points we're running just because it, um, you know, the labor is so up and down. You don't know how people are going to react uh, out there. Uh, and then past that, you know, if, if we're not breaking even, how long can I lose money for a certain amount until the winter comes in Tucson when, as you know, uh, winter in Tucson is uh, when it gets really busy. Uh, I people see yeah, people love to sit outside. You know, it's 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 70 degrees in December. I mean, it's it's gorgeous. Uh, right now, when it's 110, 115, no one wants to sit outside. Um, so, you know, how how much money can we lose until then? Uh, and then, what's our game plan to get back to at least even um, and really play this play the long game? Uh, you know, until really, um, I have my a loss. You know a loss or break even all the way through uh, next season, which is the end of May. And, uh, and it's fast casual, the kind of thing that lets you uh, shift between to go only and limited in-house service easier yeah. than your traditional service did. Yeah, it does because uh, uh, now you're not running a, a reservation system. You know, you don't have the crowds out front. You can convince someone to kind of grab their food and go fast, you know, if they don't want to wait that, uh, that, now we we only have about 30 to 40 minute waits on the weekends, but that's still too long in our books right now. We don't want those crowds out front. Um, uh, we don't we don't want to be that that company, you know. Um, we'll be that company again next year sometime. Uh, but right now we're we don't want that, and uh, it does let you kind of pivot back and forth uh, easier because then you have your your you know if someone does walk in to order, you already got POS systems up in the front door, stopping someone from entering. It, it's just, it, it'll be so much, it, it will be nicer. You know, we're not looking at closing down to go, to go only again right now. I just don't think uh, we, we were in expand, expand, expand mode right before this. Uh, you know, we opened in Scottsdale, we opened our own little bakery. We signed a spot for our own little coffee shop and it was like, Oh, you know, to roast our own coffee. Uh, and then all of a sudden this happens. So it, it we, we don't have the, uh, normally I don't, I'd, I'd like to save, you know, certain amount of money in the bank account right now. We, we can't sustain another shut full shutdown, drop 80% in sales again. Um, which, cause what we're learning is breakfast is not a to go friendly. Our dinner spot, our American cuisine spots easy. You know, we run, you know, we, we borrow some wood fire pizza ovens and we cook some pizzas out there. We're having fun barbecue nights, like every types of different things. Um, you know, just to kind of reflect off of what, uh, Jesse's doing, which is genius. Um, uh, it's, we did live cooking classes with our chef where we actually, where you came and picked up the uh, bag of groceries and followed along with our chef and things like that. So we can get creative up there, but at, for a breakfast restaurant, there's really, I mean, doing like cookie building kits for your kids and you, uh, you know, how, how more, how much more creative can you get? You know, that, that gets old pretty fast. Well, you know, what are you going to fill your donut with? Listen, you've been really yeah. generous with your time before we let you go. Uh, we're going to bring Jesse back, but I'm going to ask you both this question. Nate, I'm going to start with you. Um, in 
your practical experience for other operators that are watching, for people that are in this considering a shift to fast casual, what are one or two key things that you've learned about the shift to fast casual, which is not your normal vernacular, your operating vernacular? Um, what are one or two things that you've learned that can help other operators that are listening today go through that kind of adaptive shift? So, so you're asking like, what did I learn just switching it from uh, a fast casual? Yeah, there one or two tips or things that you picked up, learned, you know, were there things that happened in that shift that you, you think, oh yeah. And if you're going to do this, this is what I'd really suggest. What, what piece of advice, you know, what key learning do you have to share with, with other operators who might be trying something like this? You know, uh, one thing I actually found, uh, learned, um, that I actually got from one of our neighbors, uh, he has, you know, sauce pizza wine uh, restaurant. Is we're neighbors with them at a couple of locations, and um, they always the the one thing uh, making the entrance inviting. It sounds so stupid, but it's just, I mean, the little details like that. You know, suggestive selling with uh, your tea, your coffee, um, and just making it welcoming. And uh, the other thing I learned was, um, and uh, you know, I want to word this correctly, but you know, you don't want to just throw like your normal. Uh, uh, kind of like new new employee at the door. I mean, that's your that's your everything. That's your first your first interaction. That's your uh, your uh, your beginning and your end uh, for the guest experience. So we put our our best uh, our best servers at the front door, and you know really allowed the uh, uh, the the back servers that were back servers. Normally, you feel like the back servers would be on the computer, you know, typing in the order and having the servers flip the floor. We put the the head servers at the front to make sure that everything was really spot on and yeah. you know we seal the memo you know seal the memory before they walk out the door that's what we really uh learned jesse what are one or two things that were that key learning for you during this adaptive period the key things that i've learned is that as much as we are wanting things to be normal the more that we can accept that this is what it is for right now it allows the space to actually find creative ways to be able to service our customer. Because the reality is, is that most people still don't want to cook every day or they still don't want to do a lot of the things that they have to do every day. So there's not going to be a lack of demand. It's just making sure people know. So doing adequate marketing is very important. Do it social media because I've noticed that even for myself as a consumer, there were some restaurants that I love now that were very stagnant on their social media up until March of 2020. And the last thing that they posted was October 2019, you know, and I'm like, OK, are you open? Like the things that could have been happening to build up that brand loyalty. So that's something that I would even recommend is that in this specific moment, making sure someone does have that interaction so that on your IG stories where maybe you're having people tag that they were at that restaurant and then you're also resharing that so people can see what other individuals are getting there. And then that's what's going to help with spreading the word in this time because people are even more attached to their cell phones now <laughs> than they were before, which is hard to believe. But yeah, that's that's the biggest thing is just making sure your clients know what you're doing and how you're adjusting in a specific season. Have either of you seen the definition of value change for your customers through this experience? Well, for me, like it's been 
they've, I feel like there's been even more of an appreciation because I've been told that some of my competitors did not adjust as fast as I had adjusted. So that value for them was to know that regardless if it was traditional in the way that we were able to service them, or if this is something new, that they knew that they can come to us to get more information. And we're supporting them to be able to have success because that is the ultimate goal that we have. So just making do sure. Customers, do your customers have new or different values during this time? Yes, because for them, you're having people stuck in their house. They're 500 square foot apartments with kids, significant others, dogs, and working at the same time and yeah, trying yeah. to keep their sanity. So you're having actually a lot more conflict because the neighbor that you only had to deal with on Saturday evenings, he's deciding to make his Monday through Sunday a jam session from five into 10 o'clock. <laughs> so they're having to do a lot of navigation around personalities and, and, and keeping people happy. And so that there's not a lot of conflict because there's been a lot more conflict occurring in these communities because people are home. Nate, have you seen your customers have new and uh, yeah, you know, needs and values? Yeah, you know, the it it's changed, you know, over the uh, uh, over the time for sure. Um, it's uh, uh, it and again, you know, just kind of like exactly what Jesse was just saying right now. It's a uh, it's it you know, being the first to kind of pivot in the market and uh, uh, react uh, before uh, the, you know, the real estate competitors, but, you know, the competitors or the other restaurants around and being first to uh, the market's always a good thing. Um, and being first to being, being out there, uh, uh, showing the value of why they should be following you, why they uh, should be, uh, uh, you know, coming and getting, uh, doing this project with you opposed to someone else. Um, and, uh, you know, you see, again, I'm a broken record here, but uh, everyone is stuck to their phone. And that's what we preach right now. Yeah. Um, the first thing we did is, you know, we, 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 we furloughed people. We we focus on in, uh, uh, hiring a, a social media person uh, full time. So our part time outdoor contracted a, a girl that uh, ran multiple accounts. We said, no more. Come to us full time and, you know, and really get the. Uh, the value. Uh, that's what people are doing right now. They're just glued to their phone all day. And uh, and how do you stay in front of that? Uh, both of you, you know, you're, you're young operators of businesses, you're entrepreneurs, you've got multiple modalities under your enterprises. What are some of the resources that you've discovered during the COVID that you can share with other operators and alternatively, who are you following on social media that has been really valuable to you in terms of the value added that you derive from following them, reading them, subscribing to their services, doing their things? Jesse, I'll let you go first because I feel like I'm going to say the same thing again what you say, but go ahead. Um, so as far as me, I've actually been taking advantage of doing a lot of um paying attention to a lot of the seminars that are happening in the real estate market in general, just because I have to stay abreast to what's happening as far as not only multifamily, but also in commercial. So I've been utilizing a lot of the free webinar series or just some of the seminars so I can become more knowledgeable about what's happening where I'm not just a party planner. 
I'm really learning what are some of the needs of the tenants because that's my customer's customer. So I've had to really understand what are the needs of my actual, my customers right now. So I've taken that on. Um, So following that, and then also because we're on a virtual platform now, I get a chance to find some amazing businesses throughout the United States now to help with hosting these virtual events. So I would say majority of my vendors now are not just in the area that we service because I can actually have someone that teaches a great neon sign class in Austin, Texas, and have her teach it for a group that's in Seattle, Washington. So it's been (laughs) awesome for me in this this space. I've been able to expand my territory because the playing field has been pretty even. So I'm always looking for different chefs, different businesses, because right now people are needing to be pretty much entertained. And I'm trying to keep people sane right now. So like, that's what I'm trying to do. Well, can I tell you that uh, Nate and his partner, Kyle, uh, Kyle's one of the most dynamic, young cooking personalities. He's a great chef and he's a wonderful um, cooking teacher, but he teaches more than cooking technique. He's really food network caliber and you two need to know each other because we need to make sure that everybody that's living in these apartment buildings needs a little taste of, of Kyle. And What's I funny. Agree. Oh, go ahead. No, I was like, I agree because the thing is, is that most of the people that live in our buildings, are, like the tenants, they're 21 to like mid to late um, 40s, even 50s, because you do have empty nesters. And then a lot of them... Uh, don't know how to cook. <laughs> and so to be able to have someone show them something that we may think is simple because we've been trained, like how to make pancakes. We're like, yeah, I can do that. Or I can make a fresh cheese sauce to do this dish. Or maybe I can bake cookies. You'll be surprised. Some of the basics people really struggle with and to have someone that they can actually aspire in what they do teach them how to do some of the things that they typically would be so intimidated to do in the comfort of their own home. Like that, that's the connection key. So I would love to connect. I, I think it's awesome. You too. Uh, you too. That's funny as we were talking, you know, the question about what we, what we did to kind of, uh, you know, to, you know, move forward through this times is uh, we, we stalked, um, uh, people uh, that owned uh, companies just like Jesse's. We we're saying, what are the event coordinators doing? Because we're not going to be able to have people inside. Uh, what are the party uh, planners uh, going to do? You know, things like that. And that's when we got the idea yeah. of uh, hosting the free cooking classes where you come pick up the groceries. And um, we, we've done uh, free classes for nurses uh, where we donated all the ingredients so they could follow along and make their own kind bars and things like that. Uh, and it's, it's just, it's so much fun because if someone is shy and they won't go to the group, they can just turn the, hit a little button and they're, they're not even there. You know, it's, it's just a black screen. I mean, just, it's just their name. And, uh, it's just, uh, it's for sure. Uh, I, I really, I love the numbers side. I love the, you know, of course the ambiance and all that side, but I really do love watching which companies are going to be big next. And I think, uh, uh, Miss Jessie over there has a, a golden opportunity in front of her during this COVID-19 time. Uh, it's it's just like, it's there for the, the grab. I mean, it's just hosting these things online. Uh, 
because weddings are done uh, for the next, you know, for however long and, you know, bridal parties, they can't, they can't just go to Austin and get crazy anymore. You know, you're not allowed. You can't go to Vegas and get bottle service. Cal's not opening anytime soon. So, I mean, it's, it's, these are the new, new ways. And uh, I got a home run in front of her. I'll tell you that. And the other thing that's cool to me, Michael, about home run, right? Home run. But the uh, the yeah. other thing I want to point out about all of this is that that it's positive and exciting, and people are looking forward. And and none of us are saying, you know, there's a brick wall here. I can't get past it. I can't get over it. I can't get around it. I can't get through it. None of us are talking about being stopped. Every single person that we're talking about and with and to today is in the same place of how are we going to get there? Because we're all in this together. And by sharing resources and ideas, uh, well, go ahead. This is critically important. Nate, have you seen this book yet? Uh, you know, I just, uh, I, I stalked it before I got on here. Yeah, It just was uh, released a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah, last week, last week. Last week. Uh, see, see, yeah. As uh, I was reading, I, I was I do a lot of I'm I'm excited to get it on a uh, Audible. I love r- driving and uh, uh, I stop I try to find it on Audible. I, I saw it's uh, not we, there we yet. Do that yet. I don't I don't know how to do that. I should ask. Who yeah. should we have do it? Samuel Jackson. The Ooh, what? Samuel Jackson or who should have <laughs> been? Well, I mean, Stewart. It's just time no. to open the restaurant. <laughs> Food and Beverage Magazine. <laughs> you should do it. You got a good one. Listen, you guys, stick around. Keep us posted. You're part of the Food and Beverage Magazine family now. And you're part of this community of entrepreneurs and operators who we will get through this because we will get through this together. Nate, let us sit in on one of those classes you do. We'll get Jesse to to participate some. We're going to make all these connections happen because honestly, when we collaborate and we support one another, it won't be like um, the, the TV show Survivor. It, it's going to be a much more yeah. bright outcome. We will all get through this if we do it together. Guys, tell everybody where your websites are and where people can learn more about who you are and where you're doing your thing. My website is luxgivingllc.com. Com. That's the same thing on Facebook as well as on Instagram. So it's very conducive on all of the platforms. And uh, I would uh, just say uh, the prep and pastry, uh, A-N-D, I'll spell it out, dot uh, com. And uh, you can link to all the other restaurants via there. And by the way, Jesse, you don't know this, but Nathan and Kyle are the pancake kings of the northern hemisphere <laughs> yeah well it, it's they're pretty good I, I like i like the french toast better because i created those and then kyle came as a partner and blew all my items away and i only have like three items left on the menu from when i was chef so i'm kind of bitter at those pancakes but that's so awesome you like also like a, a, a cooking class that's at nighttime so having breakfast for dinner and then yeah. people- eat their breakfast for dinner and like learn how to actually make french toast or stuffed french toast yeah i'll tell you the last cooking class i did before the covid hit was a breakfast and brunch pancake cooking master class with nate and kyle and it was a sellout 
And it was exactly that delightful, empowering, because not only are you getting the delicious, satisfying breakfast for dinner, but you were getting the empowerment of how to make the most perfect pancakes you could possibly make or French toast. So these are the guys. I'm sorry you were gushing again. I'm sorry. <laughs> I fall asleep when you gush. It's like uh, I know, uh, I know, I know. But Nate, see that. Right, Jesse and Nate, thank you guys so much for thank coming. You. Thank you. Thank you, guys. It was a pleasure. What do you think of that new background I put on there? I like it. You do? I would like it to be a little more dark red, maybe. You no, know, because it's. I said Patrick Stewart, and you put us on the deck of the Enterprise. You feel like it's the deck of the Enterprise? Ooh. Wow, Jennifer. Everybody's gone. It's just us. Yeah, now. I know. It's just us now. All right, Jen. We'll the see other you tomorrow. thing I want to tell people is the Proof Awards are a place to learn about where the best up and coming new products are as well. Can you give everybody the information? First of all, look at this guy. You know, he runs this place called Dory's in Newport Beach. And I was just there and I totally blew him off. But he also was the winner, winner of the um, chef battle, which was, oh, wow. was one of the judges. Yeah, he's a good kid. When's uh, he going to come on? You can have him on whenever you want. He's always ready to come on. You'll like him. He's my brother from Aloha. He's, brother. Got, the Aloha, he's got the Aloha spirit. Uh, Proofawards. Proofawards.com. Check it out. Any brands. It's, 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 uh, it's judged by buyers. So the last group of words, I think they sold almost $2 million worth of product just from the buyers alone. Yeah. Including Delta Sky Clubs. So it's a big thing. It's a big, big thing. It's, uh, well, I'm going to show you. Do you know, have you ever walked into a department store and had a beautiful woman? Always. I always walk like into this? By the way, when I walk into department stores with beautiful women, it's the only way I get to keep them. I have to buy them stuff. Well, guess who's going to be on with us tomorrow? A beautiful woman? Other than you? Who else? What? We're going to talk about this amazing fragrance company that has taken the emotional and powerful sensory experience of food mm -hmm. and drink and atomized it. So if you want to smell like your favorite sip or bite so that people will want to give you a little taste or a nibble, this is going to be something you're not going to want to miss. Again, it is inventiveness. Inventiveness is what we're going to All talk right. about. I just lost you. I just started texting. I mean, that's how bored I was. So I tomorrow, know. so we'll see you tomorrow, Jen. Let's try to work on, um, what can we work on with you? Let's do a little homework. Oh, look. When's this guy? Mike, we got to get you on the show. So email me. We'll bring you on this next week. How Listen, hug your kids. Count your blessings. And, uh, and we'll uh, see you tomorrow. Stay safe. Stay safe always. Wash your hands.